Welcome to this week's NL Full Time. I'm Luke Edwards. It's been another action-packed week again in the National League. We have had over 40 goals in the top division alone and lots more happening in the North and South. We have got quite a packed guest list this week. Joining us, we have Rob Laurel. Hello, Rob. Hi, Luke. Hi, guys. And we've also got Joe Pope, as usual, a resident Torquay fan and from Off The Line blog. Hello, Joe. Hi, thanks for having me. It's nice to actually be on not talking about a defeat this week. <laughs> nearly, nearly. Uh, also with us is Tom Feeney. Hello, Tom. Hello, how are we doing? Very well, thank you. And our special guest this week is former Eastleigh manager Ben Strevens. Hello, Ben. Hi, Luke. How are you guys? Thanks for joining us. Ben, first of all, how, how is everything? Obviously, you've, you've been out of the game for a, a few months now. How is it? Yeah, so I'm I'm certainly uh, over it now. It's tough when you first come out of the game, but yeah, it's been a few months now. And um, yeah, I'm back involved in football and working in someone's academy now. So um, yeah, still keeping my eye on the National League South and North. But um, yeah, preparing to get back into the full-time game, hopefully in the future. Yeah, there's a couple of jobs going. I might ask you about that later on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quick question I had for you, Ben, um, just to kick things off. I was looking at your time at Eastleigh. Um over sort of four seasons, is that right? Yeah, well, yeah, three and a half years. I had to go from Andy Heston to Tyler halfway through, but yeah, it was going into my fourth one last year, yeah. That's that's right, and obviously you were playing there before that. You assisted mm-hmm. a, for a little while as well. Looking back, you know, purely on paper, the best season was the first season where you made the playoffs and, and where you had the goals of, of Paul McCallum. I think it was 33, something like that. Um, How do you look back on your time at Eastleigh? And obviously, you know, you... It was an ever kind of changing budget situation as well. And you've been heavily invested before and you had to work with, um, you know, a little bit less, didn't you? Yeah, I think that first year I took over from Hesse, you know, I was loving being his assistant and uh, really learning loads. Um, we had a real good group of players together. Um, but we sort of knew at the end of that year things were going to change. Stuart Donald had obviously left and gone to Sunderland, but he sort of said for that year he would make sure everything was running smoothly but from that point onwards we knew things would change at the football club so uh, obviously I was gutted when we lost on penalties um, but I was even more gutted knowing that I knew how many players were probably going to leave the football club so um, yeah we had to sort of reinvent ourselves a little bit we started going for some youngsters to quite a few boys out of um, National South teams and Ishmael leagues and things like that and a few boys out of academies so we changed our um, sort of philosophy a little bit and went really well and then look like with everything, you know, it's a results-based business. You know, we didn't do as well last year, so we've come under a bit of pressure, which um, a few other managers are finding now. It's just part and parcel of a National League manager, to be fair. Absolutely. Yeah. The National League actually kicked off on Friday evening. It was with the league leaders, Notts County hosting Maidstone United. And the leaders where the Magpies stayed as they brushed aside the men from Kent, Macaulay Langstaff, Ruben Rodriguez and said Kedwin Scott with the goals as Luke Williams' side bounced back for their shock FA Cup defeat last weekend. Uh, ben, what, what do you make of Knots this season? I, I haven't actually seen them, but from what I'm being told by a few people, apparently they are standout at the moment. Um, obviously, Manager's gone in there, coach, however you want to say it. They've got a clear identity of playing some fantastic footballers, um, you know, and the boys coming in from Gateshead, I think, kicked him on as well, you know, goal scoring. Um, but it's not just him, there's a few other new boys that have come in and done really well as well. So I haven't seen them, but from what everyone tells me, and, you know, it's only talk that goes around, apparently they're a standout team and um, obviously the position they're taking up in the league at the moment shows that. But um, can't rule out Wrexham and 
all these other teams up in and around it. But at the moment, I think that's currently are probably playing the best football and, and obviously the best team in the league. Do you think they needed to toughen up a little bit? Um, you know, I think there, there, there was just a little bit of a feeling with Notts County that um, when they weren't able to get the ball down and play and do their stuff, that, that, that just occasionally you could you could hustle them out of it a little bit. And I think, is that one of the biggest areas that, that Luke Williams has, has, has probably had to work on? Just, just that, um, not necessarily a mental toughness, but um, just making sure that when you're having an off day, you can still grit it out and get the points. Yeah, probably. Probably we, our record the last few years against Notts County was probably the best in the league. We I think we beat them four out of five times, and we really tried pressing them, forcing them to go long because we knew they wanted to play out from the back. And you know we were brave with it and pressed them. We sort of said they will play through you at times, but be bold enough to try and keep them doing it and see if we can force them into mistakes. And um, we end up getting yeah three or four wins against them because of it. It seems now even though they're doing that, like you're saying, even when they're not as playing as well, they maybe got a slightly more of a plan B, a bit more of a gritty side to them. But um, they've got really good players for the level, you know. I really like their centre-half Cameron that's at Torquay. You know, Joe's talking about Torquay and stuff like that, but I thought he's a fantastic centre-half. And yeah, someone scoring goals. You like, you talked about that year we had Paul McCallum when you've got someone scoring, I think he's got 16, 17 goals now. Um, can change games as well. So um, yeah, they, they look a good side at the moment. Tom, I was going to come to you because obviously... A lot of players have, have moved up from the National League North into Notts County, haven't they? The likes of Scott Langstaff, uh, Bajrami, Sam Austin. And they've, they've really taken up that, that step and they've almost taken Notts to another level, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think I think it's very easy to talk about Langstaff and kind of he be that standout player because obviously his goal-scoring record is just absolutely phenomenal for what he's done so far. But, you know, a player like Scott and the potential that he has you know, he could turn out to be an even better signing than Langstaff in the future because he is a player that kind of uh, tore the National League North apart at times. And I know Langstaff did as well, but obviously there's a lot of attention on Langstaff and what he's done. But players like Scott, you know, defensively, you've got Bonjarami, who kind of was a, a key player of Kidderminster, Austin as well. And, you know, I think that's the thing with Notts. They had a very clear plan in the summer on who they would trying to recruit the types of players they were going for. And, you know, that's what happens when you get that plan right. And, you know, it's all working out for them very well so far. Yeah, it's this, um, is that something you could work with, Ben? It's almost like, you know, the money ball recruitment system that they have, where it's almost, they go off the stats-based thing and they'll, they'll give you the stats and go, this is the players we want. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's different to what other teams do, but, I think if you're going in there as a, a coach more than a manager and you know the situation you're going into and um, you trust in these recruitment guys, like like you just spoke about there, you know, a few boys coming out of the north and taking it by storm, they clearly know what they're doing. So you've got to back the people that are making them decisions and then um, you still got to work with them and get a way of playing and identity and stuff like that. And I think that's what the manager's done really well. Um, but yeah, look, I think when you go into a football club, as long as you know what you're walking into, and he obviously did in the summer, um, and there's a clear structure and a very well-run football club. Um, it looks like it's really paying dividends at the moment. Quickly on Maidstone, Ben. Um, Joe mentioned last week a lot of pressure on Hakan Hareton. I mean, obviously, somebody you'll know really well. Um, do you think that pressure's a bit harsh at the minute? It's just won the league last year. It's just the nature of it, isn't it? It's, it's got Maidstone promoted back up to the National League, done an unbelievable job. And, you know, I don't know the budgets of Maystone, but I certainly believe it'll probably be one of the lower ones in the league. So it's like, where, you know, what's expected? I think for them to stay up this year, re-establish themselves in the league will be a real good season. But um, 
we know what football's like, especially in National League. Um, pressure comes so quickly. But um, I certainly hope they give him more time to be able to show because um, I think he's earned it from what he did last year. Wrexham, they remain three points behind in second place. They drew 1-1 one, one at Boreham Wood. Aaron Hayden cancelling out Danny Newton's opener on the half hour. Uh, ben, do you think both managers will be satisfied with that and take a point? Yeah, I think so. I think they're both you know, strong football teams. Um, probably played pretty similar formations yesterday. Probably a real competitive game. You know, lots of final third entries go, balls going in the box from long throws and set plays and stuff like that. So, but for Wrexham, if you go away from home and get a point with a fantastic home support they've got, if you can back that up with home wins, I think they'd be pleased with that. And, um, you know, Bournemouth, they're always, every other year, it seems, fighting in and around them playoff places. So, um, at the moment, they're strong. They signed a lad called um, Jack Payne, I had at Eastleigh in midfield. He's a fantastic footballer. Um, got some real good players there, Luke, and he always recruits well. So, I think they'll both be satisfied with it. But any game you win, or sorry, any game you draw, you always look after them. I think we could have won that, but... Um, in reflection, probably a point for both of them in a too bad a result. Yeah, Joe, I think looking at that, when you saw that result, I don't think anyone was entirely shocked that that finished a draw, was it? No, I mean, it's two sides that will be up there come the end. Um, you would imagine if Wrexham don't win it, um, then they'll be, you know, at least in the top three. Um, and so I'm not surprised. It's two sort of very, very similar sides in the, the way that they play and how they go try to go direct into the into the final third. So not surprised, and especially the fact that Wrexham didn't win it, um, I wasn't surprised because Aborn were a, a really, really strong side and you have to be very, very good to get a points against them. But also Wrexham's away record um, is not very good. Um, I think someone on Twitter said that they've only won three games away from home this season out of eight um, as a compared to six at home. So, um, yeah, not, not surprised of a draw. Yeah, I was going to say, the drew last week at Blythe in the FA Cup, just about squeaked past Blythe in the replay on Tuesday. They were 3-0 up and got pegged back to 3-2, eventually won. Drew yesterday, although Phil Parkinson did say that he felt his side should have won, and you could tell by Luke Garrard's comments that it was a bit of a few. I'm glad we got a draw out of that. So, yeah, again, it's something, the pressure will be on Phil Parkinson, won't it, Joel, this year again? Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, the money they've spent, they should have won it last year. You know, if we're being frank, they should have gone up last year. So the fact they've invested even more money this year, you know, bought in a couple of real top players, Elliot Lee, uh, one of those that's come in, you know, Tunnicliffe from from the league. The fact that they've invested more players, they should be there or thereabouts. Um, so, yeah, the, the pressure will be on. And I, I think that is that is the key for, for Parkinson's, that everybody looks at Wrexham and wants to beat them. You know, they try that a little bit more. And I think that's why their away form isn't as good because everybody enjoys Wrexham coming to town. Everybody wants to try and topple them. Um, so he's got to try and find a way to, to, to stop that. Quick question for Ben. We've got to cut your cloth accordingly at Eastleigh, as we just talked about. Obviously, Moles did at Aldershot and one or two others, Hackan at Maidstone. As a manager, do you look on with a little bit of envy at I mean, I know he's always going to be under pressure, Phil Parkinson, but, you know, as a manager, wouldn't you love to have that, all those resources and, and, and that kind of pressure and, and, and the ability to go and pluck some really good players from League One and League Two? Yeah, look, I just, I just think if you're given everything possible to back you to do the job and then you come out of it and it don't go well, you've got no excuses. So if you've got finance, you've got infrastructure, and we talk about the players, but I just think it's obviously the facilities they got, probably all the analysis people they got working, the amount of staff, all things like that. But um, also, like you're saying, it comes with pressure, but, um, you know, he's managed at a very high level, you know, been around the game a long time. So um, 
I'm sure he's used to it. I'm sure he's not bothered by it. Um, and uh, they'll be there or thereabouts. But yeah, I think any manager would want the resources rather than not to have them because it's no coincidence. Most teams that struggle down the bottom of the league in the National League don't have the strongest budget. There's no um, magic wand to it. There is teams that surpass things. Barrow did it, Sutton did it, lots of teams that did it. I did it with Dagenham years and years ago. But for the most part, over the years, the teams that have got the better, better budgets have got strikers that score goals and seem to be the boys up the top. So, um I think we'd all prefer a nice budget, mate, yeah. Big win for Chesterfield. They leapfrogged Boreham Wood. They won by three goals to two against Bromley. Goals from Jeff King, Ollie Banks and Kabongo Shamanga. They score for the Spirates. Adam Marriott with a brace for Bromley, who had manager Andy Woodman sent off after a scuffle between the benches during the game. And then Omar Shawumney sent off after the final whistle. So it's not been a great week for Bromley after being dumped out of the FA Cup last week. And... Uh, Chesterfield, Ben, are there or thereabouts, aren't they, in third? The, the, as I say, the six points off the top, the three points behind Wrexham, but they're a couple of points ahead of the Chasers as well. Yeah, they're, they're about thereabouts. Again, they've got some fantastic players as well and obviously a really good manager coming out of the league down as well. But it's, um, yeah, it's winning them games, you know, tough games against Bromley always are. Winning that type of game will keep them there or thereabouts. And, um, you know, everyone knows it, but if they can keep Tishamanga fit for the majority of the season with the goals that he brings to him, it'd be, it'd be a major plus for them. I think their tail off last year with some of the other stuff that went on was him being injured. Um, but yeah, look, it's another football club with good resources and you expect them to be there or thereabouts coming the end of the year and then obviously a big three points yesterday. Yeah, uh, so in, just behind them are Solihull. And uh, they won 3-0 against Eastleigh. Ben's old side, of course, as we mentioned, a comfortable win, really. Alex Reid, Josh Kelly, Andrew Dallas with the goal there. I mean, Solihull remain firmly in the playoffs, as I mentioned, two points behind Chesterfield. And uh, Solihull improving year on year. Your old club, Eastleigh, as well, Ben, they're having a solid season, aren't they? Yeah, I think Eastleigh are in and around where they probably will be. You know, they're, they're fighting to try and get into them player positions, try and nick that last couple of places again or towards the middle part of the table. But um, yeah, I think I, I think Newardi's a really good manager. I like the way some of the old play football. They um, yeah, they they try and suck you onto them and then play out and then all, and can miss you out as well and got attacking threats in that final third. I think they're I think they're one of the best teams in the league. Solio and um, doesn't surprise me they easily struggled there yesterday. Yeah, well, I think it might be interesting um, to see in the next couple of weeks as to what happens at Solio because I know, speaking to people in sort of the south, that uh, Neil Lardley is in the running for the Exeter job um, and has apparently been interviewed for it. So it would be interesting to see what happens um, in the next few weeks there because, you know, they've got, a, as Ben talked about, they've got a fantastic squad um, and... Uh, if they were to lose, you know, a manager like him at this stage, then it would be really, really interesting to see what happens. Tom, you post stuff on Twitter. Have you heard anything about that as well? You normally like to post stuff like this. I'll be honest with you. You know, it, it surprised me if Neil did go because I know with Exeter, they've obviously been interviewing a few of the candidates. Um, one manager in particular who's won League One before. But, you know, I think you've got to look at the job that Neil's done and, the, the big thing for me with Solihull is the home form. You know, this year they're unbeaten. They've not lost in this, you know, and the amount of good teams that they've been able to get good victories against. And obviously, you know, they were very unlucky not to gain promotion in that promotion final against Grimsby. I must add on that, I don't think Neil Ardley will get it. Um, I don't think he's the right fit for Exeter. Certainly not, you know, the way that they bring through youngsters um, and 
heavily rely on that. I don't think he will get it. But uh, yeah, one to monitor perhaps. Wolkener in that last playoff spot. They won 3 1 away at Gateshead. Reese Grego, Cox, Jermaine Anderson with the goals in the first half that had the cards two up at half time. And Luke Wilkinson added a third two minutes into the second half. Luke Ward pulled one back for Gateshead on 79 minutes. And Ben, uh, what a good job Darren Siles doing there. Yeah, he goes. Darren goes with a certain type of player. Plays a way that hard to play against. You know, he had that really well a couple of years ago at Yeovil when they just missed out in the in the playoffs. Um, I think he knew sort of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes at Yeovil leading into this season. That's why he took the Woking job. And I think um, I think it was well thinged as well that Woking were going to have a bit of a better budget this year and give it a bit more of a go. So um, it doesn't surprise me he's gotten where they are, and there'll probably be another one of those teams trying to fight for that probably. Fifth or seventh place. Um, if they do better than that, that's an amazing job. But I reckon they'll be fighting around that place to try and, you know, nick them playoff um, spots. Tom Gateshead have been a bit up and down, haven't they? Understandably, after losing, we mentioned them before, Langscaff and Scott. So they look like they'll get one good result one week and then they just sort of lose at home to a team. Maybe they feel they should be doing well against, albeit Wokener in the playoffs, but they may well have targeted that and gone, do you know what, we're at home and we should be winning that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's that whole thing of the expectation levels with Gates. And obviously, you know, what happened a few years ago off the pitch played a big part in where they ended up being in the National League North. And, you know, that what a great season last year was. And kind of, you know, you look at what Mike Williamson's done. And, you know, the signs are there that they will just be a kind of a mid-table side. But then they have these results and these performances where they go from one week being, you know, quite a very good, you know, National League team to then the week after really struggling. And it's that bit of consistency that they really need to find. So, Rob, you got a big grin on your face. It was at three points for all the shot against York. And it was a familiar face in the dugout, wasn't there? Yeah, Terry Brown, 70 years old. And and, and Terry is obviously fronting it right now. But a huge credit to um, Reese McNally and, uh, Ross McNally, beg your pardon, and um, James, the other academy coaches that stepped up and done so well over the last week and played a big, big part yesterday. Look, York City are a really good side. All shot caught them early with a goal and and, and um, it's kind of a contentious sending off uh, for Alex Hurst as well. You thought it was. I, I didn't think it was. I kind of said to my commenter, uh, to my summariser at half-time, you know, Askey's the sort that will get out of here still. One nil down, down to ten, he'll still get out of here with a point and an hour gone. They got themselves level with, with near enough their only clear-cut chance. But Aldershot found a way. Um, lovely finish with, with Tommy Willard on his, on his weaker foot. Um, it was high intensity, high energy. And the end of a long week, and, and, and Ben will know this, he'll have been there as a player when managers have left. It's a really difficult place. And the skipper, Joe Partington, summed it up really well afterwards. What, they were gutted that Molesley lost his job. They felt a guilt. They felt that they had let him down. Um, but how could they respond? They're professional footballers. They had to go and channel it into their game yesterday. You can't go out there and deliberately lose and say that's because, you know, we like Moles and he's not in charge anymore. Um, so he summed it up really, really well. Um, it was a good, gutsy, high, up-tempo, high-energy performance from Aldershot and they certainly deserved the win yesterday. And, and we see how tight it is at the bottom. Any team that jump, drops into the bottom four the next week, they get three points and whoosh, they're out of it, you know. Um, ben, just wanted to come to you on that. I mean, you've lost your job as a manager. You must have been at a football club where a manager's lost his job. Just try and describe what that feeling's like. 
Yeah, I think it's what you talked about there. And I, I spoke to Parts in the week, obviously, because um, I played with Parts at Eastley and then I signed him back because he's such a great character. And I, he did feel a real massive sense of guilt himself because he'd been out injured and he'd been their skipper and brought in to be one of the leaders within the group. And he was um, touch and go to be fit for last week's game. Mo said, look, let's not risk it just in case you get a knockback. And then he loses his job. Um so parts felt terrible about it. And um, in fairness to Moses as well, he was one of the first managers to message me when I lost my job at Eastleigh. So um, I repaid the favour when I see the news on him the other day. And then it's really hard. You know, he'd been working incredibly hard behind the scenes, trying to do everything he can, being supportive of the boys. I know you have to do the, the talks after the game and um, fans probably think you're saying all the cliche stuff and all that. But I think he couldn't have tried any harder with the group. And um you know, being an ex-player there as well, it probably really felt and found it tough. Um, that's what I felt when I left Eastleigh. You feel like you're letting people down because you've been there a long time. You've got an identity with the people and the fans and stuff. So um, I'm sure he'll bounce back. He's had a couple of tough jobs, you know. He's done really well at Weymouth. Um, got the chance to go to Southend with all the stuff going on behind the scenes there. And then it was a good opportunity for him all the shot. For one reason or another, ain't quite worked out, but I'm sure he'll be back. And um, like you said, the players have got to put in a performance and try and win the game, you know, for the fans and for the people. And then... Um, Terry Brown's a good footballer, mate. No, like you said, 70 years of age. I think he um, probably went 4 4 2. Let's go press him, get after him, get the fans behind him. And I probably that's what he'd done, and it worked. And there's no uh... exactly that. Well done, Ben. You weren't there, but you called the game. Listen, let's yeah. let's let's address the elephant in the room. It's no secret that the Aldershot job is up. I think the deadline was on Friday. Interviews next week. There are other jobs around as well. What's going to be the right opportunity next for Ben Stremmons? I'd, really, honestly, if you'd have asked me this two months ago, I would have said uh, I've been going for any job that come up in the National League or the South this, that and the other. But I've started working in Luton's Academy, really enjoying my role there. Um, it's a full-time role, fantastic people at the football club. So I've been um, been quite honest and it's, it's crazy how you get in a job and then all of a sudden you have a few phone calls. I've been honest with people and said, you know, right now I'm really happy where I am. That doesn't mean I won't speak to people and be polite when asked questions and stuff like that. But um I'm not one of the ones throwing my CV in, <laughs> which I would have been a couple of months ago, be honest on that, and say, yeah, I would have mm. been going for jobs. But um, look, if the right opportunity comes up, the right person I speak to, and I think it's right for them and for me, um, yeah, I'd love to get back in one day, but um, I'm really respectful of the opportunity I've been given as well and a fantastic club I'm working for as well. Yeah, it is just... a fantastic club. Sorry, Rob, I just wanted to ask quickly, and Ben may be able to answer yeah. this from the caretaker manager part of view as well, but do you think the fact Terry Brown was there in the dugout, no pressure on him, legend at the club, meant that he could relax everyone in the dressing room and then the players went out and played relaxed as well and, and sort of Ben on that angle then, is, if you've gone in as a caretaker manager, does it make your job easier? But I'll let Rob go first. No, no, I mean, I, it's fine. I don't have a strong point on that. I think I think the best answer to that is the one that Ben gave because it's exactly what Terry did. You know, it's exactly what he did. He got a second striker up front. He sent him off up there on the front foot. Um, and yeah, it, to some extent, you know, he 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 wasn't going to be judged on yesterday, was he? You know, I think it's one of those that if they'd have lost, everyone would have said, come on, we've really got to kick on with this appointment. We've got to do it quickly. We've got to get the right person. I think by getting the win, um, it's allowed now, quite rightly, the Aldershot Town Board to, to take their time to do it properly. Um, and I don't really know if, if Ben, you've got anything to add to that, have you really? No, I, I, just, I just think, I think that, look, he's a good footballing man, you know, he's a legend of the club. And um, I think just, it's just the way it is. And it's no disrespect to Mose, it weren't nothing to, on me. Sometimes the boys need a new face, new sort of voice. Um, 
And yeah, a little bit, not old school, but I don't think without being rude to all the shot, they're going to pass their way out of being in trouble. They need to be front foot, get the fans right behind them again. Um, yes, you want to have possession and stuff like that, but I think with Big Innie up top and another person with him, if you get the ball forward to them, play up to them, get crossed in the box, play with high energy, um, I think the fans are back here and I think they'll get behind you and um, I've been to all the shot a few times as an Eastley player. Listen, when their place is rocking, it's a hard place to play. But when they're not happy, I think to be a home player could be tough as well. So um, absolutely, Terry getting, Terry getting the fans behind them, playing on the front foot, giving them something to shout about. I think that has to be the way to go for him and probably whoever goes in there, you know, whoever they decide to give the job to. Uh, elsewhere, first win as manager of Oldham Athletic for David Unsworth. That's in the, in the league as well. Uh, much needed as a manager, that isn't it, Ben? Especially as a rookie manager going in there, you want that first win. I know it's taken him a bit while than you, a, while, a longer while than he would have expected. Yeah, you just want to get it there as quick as you can. I had it when I was um, caretaker at Eastleigh. We didn't do well in the first game. You always think next one I want to try and win I want to try and do well in the next one and then um, yeah that's another fantastic football club and he's come from good pedigree you know doing the job at Everton and stuff like that he's clearly going to know what he's doing and he's going to have the respect of all the players so big three points and you just you, for him now you probably want to try and back that up it comes so quick he's going to try and back it up on Tuesday and probably next Saturday as well Halifax continued there climb up the table a 2 win over Dagenham moves them out to the bottom four Manny DiCeruve and Jesse Debry with the goals to end Dagenham's recent revival. Tom, I'll come to you on this. It's been a good couple of weeks for Chris Millington. I know last time you were on, it was almost despair and we're almost expecting the news that it'd be gone, but he's managing to turn it around a little bit. Yeah, and fair play to him because after the loss to Woking, it looked like the game against York City really was boom or bust and they were able to win that match. Then they were unlucky to not defeat Maidstone, the conceded right at the end, get over the banana skin of St. Eve's Town and then a really good win against Dag and Red. And all of a sudden, kind of, you know, they've been able to sign some really impressive players, players with pedigrees of promotions last season, three lads from Stockport. All of a sudden, these players that have been able to have so much success elsewhere, it's starting to click all of a sudden at the show. South of East Gunthorpe was a League Two fixture a couple of years ago, but it's South End, despite off-the-field issues, which we mentioned the last week. They look the more likely on the field to have a good season as they beat manager Scunthorpe 3-0. Goals from Wes Fonguk, he opened a scoring. Uh, Jake Hyde added a couple in the second half. Darkin and Wheelstone, they're comfortably mid-table in 11th and 12th, but it was Mark's White, Mark Whiteside who took all the... Th- Three points with a 3-1 win. And Barnett beat Maidstone to remain in the top 10. And last but not least, the BT Sport late kickoff, which was quite some game enjoyed by the neutral, but I'm not sure it was quite enjoyed by you, was it, Joe? Well, I only watched the first half and I definitely didn't enjoy the first half um, because the football was terrible in the first half. Um, Hence, I came back with a little bit of a surprise and in shock. Not the fact we hadn't lost the game, but the fact we'd scored four goals. Um, but uh, yeah, a fantastic game. Um, obviously, Altrincham did didn't have Toby Malarkey uh, in their side, so I'm not surprised that they struggled defensively. Really, really good player um, who should be playing higher, in my opinion. Um, but you know, in this in the second half, uh, Gary Johnson got a a bit of a, a reaction from his side, and uh, you know, Asa Hall, the uh, the the captain, uh, popped up with two goals, and then uh, we managed to nearly chuck it away at the end. Um, and I think if th- this is why, obviously, in our group chat, um, I wasn't that 
all that glowing of the the result because um, you know having got back to three two um, and then concede twice, um, you know any other time Dylan Crow's putting his shot in Rose Ed and we're losing four three, um, and obviously the fact we managed to get a draw, um, I think probably keeps Johnson in his job for another couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, a, a really really good game. It's nice to see that in the second half they actually took the shackles off and went forward um, and just tried to attack. Because, you know, first half, if you'd have said that they'd gone on to do what they did in the second half, you'd have thought they're two completely different teams. Um, and they were. Um, so, and you'd have uh, thought you were two, two totally different fans as well, Joe. I'm going to throw you right under the bus now. I've got, only, I've got, to, I've got to read this out only because it's quite funny. Um, Joe messaged in our group at half time yesterday. I'm going out tonight, lads, and my phone's about to die. But get rid of him before the night is out. <laughs> Sorry, Joe, but that's football, isn't it? I Sorry, mean, Gary, as well. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's like sliding doors moments, aren't there? You know. Um, yeah, well, I sometime, think yeah. I think the one person saying thank you will be uh, will be Gary Johnson to Dylan Crow actually. Um, because oh, it was he a beautiful finish. Season, Lovely well. goal, wasn't it? Did you caught but a little bit of it, didn't you, Ben? You caught a yeah. little bit, didn't you? I, yeah. Look, I, I know Joe's obviously a, a sort of key fan and all that, but I just, I just think they've lost so many good players the last two years. Honestly, like the players that they've lost and Gary trying to rebuild it again, it just seems young players doesn't look like he's going well at the moment. But um, yeah, the, two years ago when we played them at their place, talking about playing forward, it seemed like they had a rule that every time they passed backwards, they had to play forward the next ball. They played with high energy players carrying the ball. Lemonade Evans, Whitfield, players like that. They were so good and so hard to play against Nemine, I think you say his name is. They were high energy, real good attacking play. Nearly win the playoff game. Don't quite go right. And now here we are, what is it, 18 months, two, year, two years later, and he's under all sorts of pressure. It's just the nature of the game. But um, look, they are struggling. It's not, and, and I'm surprised by it because I think with his experience, I thought they would be doing better than they are. But um you know, maybe that point that you grab late on in the game, going into Tuesday night's game, it might be a bit of a, you know, turn in the corner. Let's hope for the Torgy fans, that's the case. Ben, as a manager, you must hate those games, though, you know, when they're like that 4-4 end-to-end. When I, when, because uh, I was watching, I was watching the Premier League as well, so I was turning back and forth, but when I see it go 4-3 and then the lad got sent off and then you see Gary Johnson, you just think in that moment there, that's what you don't miss about being a manager. You probably wanted to kill him. You just, there's nothing you can do in that moment. You can, 4-3, but what was it? 3-3 and then they went 4-3 down from the free kick, I think it was, and, and yeah. the red cup. He must have been thinking the worst himself. You know, he's been around the game long enough. Um, but yeah, you go in afterwards, you have your team talk, try and say the right things, and then you go back into your office and sink into your chair. <laughs> it's done a what probably drained emotionally, physically, everything. But um, yeah, look, let's hope you can back it up Tuesday night. They've got a tough game Tuesday night, so probably the pressure heaps on again to another game that you've got coming up. Yeah, and I think Gary would have been really, really disappointed because, you know, all the work that they'd put in to get to 3-2, to then concede, you then want everybody to pull together. And then Ross Marshall then has a, a silly moment, which he's had more than once this season. That's his second red card and completely avoidable red card as well. You know, Gary Johnson must have been pulling his hair out, if he's got any left at this point. Um, he must have been pulling his hair out on the sideline thinking, you know, we've just got back to 3 all, and then a player does that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's tough. The point I would uh, make, which which Ben made, obviously, we have lost so many players. I wasn't surprised that we struggled. We're struggling um, because you know you look at say Notts County, they lost big players in the summer, but they then had the budget to then go out and get 
ready-made replacements. Well, Gary Johnson's lost even more players than anybody else in this league and is then having to replace them with a budget, probably a fourth of what the players that are leaving are worth. Um, and, you know, Dylan Crow yesterday scored the equaliser. He's only 21 years old. So we're trying to get results with players that are just learning how to play professional football. Um, so, yeah, it, it's tough. Um, but I think we may, um, I say may, you wouldn't have thought so at halftime yesterday, but I think we may stand a chance only because there are perhaps four worse teams than us in the league. And Derby and the FA Cup as a home to look forward to as well. It's all going well, Joe. What's up? Yeah, it's all happy. Yeah. Um, it's a brave statement as well, isn't it? That to say that there's definitely four teams worse than you in the league when you look at the table and with the greatest of respect, talk your bottom, but one win takes them out of the bottom four, doesn't it? So. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's what you were saying earlier. You know, it's so, so tight. I mean, all the teams in the bottom half are just sort of scrapping results together. And, you know, you look at Halifax, they've got, say, two wins in their last two games, I think it is, and they've moved right up. You know, Aldershot, big result for them yesterday. So if you can put those couple of results together, um, then uh, you've, you stand a really, really good chance. So in the National League North, then at the top of the division, it is Kings Lynn. They beat Darlington. It was a top of the table clash, actually. And they brushed aside Darlington by three goals to nil. Now, I saw the highlights of the goals, Tom, and wow, what great goal. Yeah, I mean, you know, at the start of the season, there was a lot of expectation just with how they'd ended last season in the preparation work in the National League. And kind of it looked like all the pieces were there for a good season. And you know, they blew Darlington away. What a fantastic performance it was to go with a 3-0 win. And, you know, it puts such a statement down for them because, you know, they got some really good wins recently. Obviously, you know, in the last, well, since the season started, really, they've only had one real blip and that was that loss against Kettering. So to beat Chorley and Darlington in your next two games afterwards in the league and also obviously progressing the FA Cup as well, it has been a really good start to the season for Kingsland. Yeah, down to remain in second. In third, it is Scarborough. They took on Dickies at Telford and it was an early goal from Kieran Burton, which got them the three points on eight minutes. Uh, Scarborough going really well, aren't they, Tom? Yeah, definitely. And again, it's that thing of a team that gains promotion, some struggle, some carry on that momentum. You know, I think it's an interesting one in that they were playing Telford probably just at the right time with Kevin Wilkins' arrival. I think in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a real improvement from Telford. And, you know, you could see from the highlights kind of the aspects of play that Kevin Wilkins trying to implement. It's always going to take a little bit more time than the few days that he's had in charge. But for Scarborough, you know, the momentum really is there and it'll be very interesting to see what happens with them. Yeah, and after the game, Dickie caught up with the Scarborough manager, who's former Manchester United legend, uh, West Brom, well, more of a legend at West Brom and Middlesbrough and Man United, but uh, it's Jonathan Greening and here's Dickie's chat with him. Really happy with the three points, obviously, really happy with the clean sheet, but I think um, we got dragged into a state of play in which we haven't been playing like that for a long time. You know, we'd like to get the ball down and play. Um, but we knew it was going to be a difficult game, especially with the change of manager and um, the, where Telford are in the league. We knew that the players would probably give another 25-30% because, one, they want to try and impress the new manager. Um, they don't want the manager to get rid of them. So um, I said to the players before the game, I said, don't, don't think this is going to be an easy game. It's going to be really difficult because 
you know, uh, new managers come in, players are going to be trying that little bit harder. And um, we sort of like got sucked into the way they tried to play, really, which was, you know, physically aggressive, long balls. And we started playing the way they were playing, really. And, um, you know, recently, especially probably the last six weeks, you know, we've been doing really well out of possession and, you know, competing. But when we get the ball down and play, we've been really good, you know, um, you know, moving through the thirds, getting into the final third and being creative. But today, I didn't really see much of that, really. And um, I said to the players at half-time, I said, listen, really happy. You know, obviously got the goal to go 1-0 up and um, happy the way we were competing and out of possession. The attitude and application of the players was brilliant, but we just weren't brave enough to get the ball down and play. And that's not really like us. So uh, I said to him, second half, I want you to do exactly what you know, you've been doing th first half, but get the ball down and play and be brave, um, especially in the, the middle third and the final third. And we didn't we didn't do it, you know, we didn't do it. So yes, I'm I'm happy with the one nil, I'm happy with a clean sheet, but I'm just not happy with the way we perform with the ball really. I mean as manager you you stepped up a level this season. Has your performance and how well you've done surprised you? Have your players surprised you? Or no. is this what you thought they were capable of? No, the, the players haven't surprised me. We've got a real tight group here, you know, we've got players who um, have played obviously, you know, lower leagues. Uh, this is probably the highest some most of the probably 99% of our squad have played at so um, but you know I take them for training you know we're only part time so we only train twice a week but um, they've got really quality especially in possession and um, we've got players who are very good on the ball can pass we've got creative players especially in the final third um, and what we do really well is you know we can compete with, with teams but when we get the ball down and play we, we can you know give any team a game and today I just didn't I felt like we we did everything else you know out of possession but in possession we weren't we weren't brave enough to get on the ball and um, I said to the players after the game I said listen absolutely delighted you know you can't you can't complain when you win 1-0 um, and get three points but we won ugly today and sometimes you do need to do that I get that that's fine but um, usually we're much better in possession than we were today so that was the, the only disappointment from today really sure. I mean you maintain this really strong home record that you've got you know and, and looking around the place and we're you know a crowd of 1500 in today I see people walking around the town this morning with the Scarborough Athletic things on I mean it must feel good as a Scarborough boy as you were born here to, to you know be partially responsible for this yeah I mean listen you know I've only been in, you know at the job a year, a year and a few months so um, you know I've been coaching since 2014 when I retired and when I got the opportunity to take my uh, my hometown team it was amazing and I've been trying to get back into the game for a long time um, a lot of people said we, we, could, we wouldn't get promoted last year but we proved a lot of people wrong and this year you know we're, even in pre-season we had a bad pre-season really we lost literally nearly every pre-season game and there was a lot of doubters um, but I said to the players before the first game of the season which we lost and I said to him after the game and we lost it against the same manager you know when he was at Brackley because we were in the game for like 60 odd minutes we had a great chance to score uh, I think Kulo missed a chance when he was about five yards out and the keepers made a great save and if that goes in we're probably going to win the game and then they went down the other end and scored and they beat us 2-0 uh, but I said to him after the game because they were really dejected and I said listen you know don't worry we've given them a really good game um, so I knew we'd be okay we've got a great set of lads um, great team spirit and we've got some good quality um, but like I said to the players last year 
uh, I, I like to look at it as we just take one game at a time and try and put our best performance in, in that game. So we work every every Tuesday, every Thursday leading up to the game and uh, we try and put the best performance on we can and try and win the game. Today we haven't put the best performance on but we've won the game so I'm really pleased we've won ugly um, but I know we can still play better so you know there's a little bit of frustration there but I know we've got Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday for the next five weeks so um, being part-time, having players who work full-time, it's difficult um, but like I said we've got a great set of lads and um, yeah, I think if we carry on doing what we're doing you know, I'm not saying we're going to get promoted again because I'd be deluded to say that because you know our budget doesn't probably demand that. But I think we'll be we'll be okay, and you know we'll give teams a good game in most most games. In fourth place, it is Gloucester. What a job Steve King has done since he's come in. They've come in and they've shot up the table. They actually fell behind to Farsley thanks to Frank Mulhern on five minutes. But their new signing Dominic McHale. He signed on loan from Radcliffe Borough during the week. He got two. Matt McClaw got on the score sheet, as did Trey Mitford. And also does a goal in there as well for Kieran Phillips. And somebody that obviously we know well here on the pod. Ben knows him well. Rob knows him well. And, and Steve King, he's, he's gone in there and really stamped his mark, hasn't he, Tom? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think the thing with Steve was... Kind of the only real question was obviously, you know, he's done it in the National League South. Can he use that in the National League North? And you've got to say what an impact he's been able to have so far. Kind of that thing of when a manager comes in and they're able to bring in the players that they want. Sometimes it still takes that little bit of time for a team to actually gel. But, you know, for Gloucester, they're just doing an incredible job. But I think one of the main things for me with them was... and why I always felt they'd be okay, whatever was keeping Matt McClure, because, you know, at the National League North level, he is just a quality striker. Ben, are you kind of surprised that Steve King maybe took the risk and went to the North Division and certainly across West as well? Uh, no, I, th- I think he wanted to get back in and I think it's quite well documented. They've got a fairly good budget and I think he knows players. I think he thinks he can do a good job there. Um, I know Matt McClure from my time at Wickham as well. He is a fantastic striker as well. So I think he knew the players he was going to go in and having them around him. And um, I think he just backs himself. He always seems to do a good job, doesn't he? Wherever he is, he seems to get the team there or thereabouts. So um, whether it's in um, North or the South, I think he'll um, fancy his chances to be up near the top of the table. Another newly promoted side. They start the season well. They have dropped off a little bit now, Tom, haven't they? At Banbury, they lost 2-1 at Spennymoor. They did take the lead up there after 10 minutes through Henry Landers. But that man, Glenn Taylor, is back in amongst the goals and he ultimately got the three points for Spennymoor. Yeah, 150 goals for Glenn Taylor now for Spennymoor and kind of worth his weight in gold for the side, isn't he? Just what a quality player he has been for them. After so many years, he's still getting the goals and you know, that was a really important win for Jason Ainsley's team because obviously there's been so much disruption during the last couple of weeks and months with managerial changes. Now things are starting to settle down. They know who's going to be in charge till the end of the season. And, you know, that could be that victory that just starts to give them that bit of momentum and helps them climb up the table quickly. Now, Leamington are like the maiden head of the, the National League. You know, as a big team, you don't want to go there or a team challenging. You know, if you go to Leamington, you're going to get a hard game. And that's what happened to Fylde. They went to Leamington. They took the lead through, who else? Nick Horton. But eventually, they were pegged back and lost by two goals to one. And is that a massive surprise, really, Tom? No. You know, I think that's the thing with Leamington is, I, I think people who maybe don't view the National League North, you know, 
they probably go, oh, right, that, that's a bit of a shock. But, you know, this is what Leamington do. They, they're always such a tough team to play against at home. And, you know, I think the big thing was when they conceded, it was all about the reaction and the way that they played after that. You know, fouled for 25 minutes were really impressive. But then Leamington just kind of went into their own and they get that late goal from the spot. And, you know, it's a fantastic win for Paul Holleran. But again, that's kind of what he expects from the team. You know, they play these big sides at home and they always deliver it. It just keeps happening. A couple of sides I want to ask you about as well, Tom. Um, Brackley, of course, Roger Johnson went in and replaced Kevin Wilkin. Good start for him, 2-0 win over Buxton. And then Kidderminster, another defeat as well for them. They're down in mid-table. First of all, Brackley, I mean, good start for Roger Johnson. Yeah, a fantastic start. And, you know, I think when you look at the board and kind of when they announced that Kevin Wilkin was leaving, there was a clear kind of plan of where they were going to go with this. And, you know, giving someone like Roger Johnson, who's got so much experience at, you know, the highest of levels on the pitch, you know, there were real questions of what would happen off it. And, you know, it was a great start against Darlington, you know, that two-all draw, a plucky result with them, you know, gaining, you know, I think it was the last-minute goal, an own goal, got them that point, but then a really good win against Buxton. And, you know, it's kind of a, that's how you've started, you know, with the likes of Stead, who is another player who, you know, there's been teams who have looked at him in the past at higher leagues, you know, they're the ones that have given him that chance. It'll be very interesting to see just how many goals he's able to get from the end of the season. Yeah, and Kidderminster, where do you think it's going wrong for them? I mean, you know, I've, I've got to say it's a real head-scratcher for me because when I looked at that team at the start of the campaign, I, I really thought they were the ones that were going to do it. You know, the way that Russ Penn was able to get kind of exactly what he wanted together, but kind of those signs were there with a couple of disappointing results. I think the big one, it's a weird one because last season, their campaign kind of started to derail after a loss against Farsley Celtic. And, this time round, it's all gone the same way because this time they lost at home to Farsley. And, you know, since then, out of the FA Cup and then, you know, kind of just a really disheartened performance and result against, you know, a good Southport team. But I think it's the way they lost rather than the actual defeat because Southport kind of won that game at a counter. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd also mention there the fact that obviously they have lost so many good players. I mean, we've seen Sam Austin and Badrami come up into the National League with Notts County. Um, and they also lost Amari Sterling James to Ebbsfleet. So I'm not surprised that they are perhaps struggling in the early part of the season. I still back them to be in there, thereabouts come the end. But, um, you know, we've seen with so many managers, I mean, we've already talked about the likes of Torquay, etc. on here. You know, when you do lose those those key players, especially in the attacking areas, um, it is very, very difficult to get those results. Blythe and Alverton, they drew two to Jacob Blythe's penalty two minutes from time. Got Bradford Park Avenue a valuable win over Hereford, who've got Portsmouth on the horizon. Chester, they gallantly lost to Oldham in midweek on penalties. They bounced back with a 4 0 home win over Kettering. Peter Sports and Charlie, they drew nil nil. And I know another result that you want to look at, John, I'll discuss for you as well, Tommy. Boston losing at home again against Curzon. Curzon have got Cambridge United at home in the FA Cup, so they're really excited about that one. But Boston, Tom, for some reason at home, they seem to be allergic to winning games. You know what? I think they started 
kind of they got that win against Buxton, and it was this thing of right now now that that home form it's kind of they're going to start now. This is going to be the start of it all, and then lost to Hereford, you know, and it was a really bad loss as well. They were four 0 down after I think nearly twenty five minutes gone four down, but then yesterday you're kind of wondering well what's going to happen now and it's a horrible loss for them because you know Curzon are a very good team you know they're a they're a stable National League North club but for Boston for the ambitions that should be there in terms of the budget that they've got the the support that they get you know they really need to be doing more than they've been doing really since the season began. Yeah I mean I'm not personally that surprised um i think ian culverhouse is a very very good manager um you know he's done it at this level before with kings lynn um but he got them up playing a very very distinct way of playing you know they were really really good they passed the ball they passed the move and obviously ian culverhouse has come in after a manager in paul cox who you know without being too critical of him you know he has a style um, you know, that's just the way that he puts his sides, uh, you know, gets them to play. They do go direct. He, he he looks to bring in sort of a physical side that can play up to the to the front men and not perhaps pass through the lines. Um, and whilst they're trying to get results, Ian Culverhouse is trying to adapt a, a group of players who are very much brought in to play one way under Paul Cox to a style of football under him, which is very, very different. Brill, well, Tom, uh, thanks for joining us. No worries at all. Good to speak to you all. We're going to move on and look at the National League South. And in the National League South, uh, we'll come to the game you were at in a minute, Ben. But it was an interesting day at the top, wasn't it, Joe? Because Ebsfleet, they dropped two points at home to Welling. Welling, who had two men sent off as well. Uh, Welling actually took the lead through Yasir Kasim, the Iraqi international before Craig Tanner equalised. Steph Payne was sent off in the 39th minute and then James Dunn in the 83rd minute. Could haven't take advantage of Hayewask. Well, no, they couldn't because they lost at home 1-0 to Oxford City thanks to a Josh Ashby goal. So a missed opportunity there for haven't. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, I think if it is going to be Ebsfleet or haven't to win the league, I think I can probably say that with some level of confidence at this point. Um, and if Haven't are going to win the league, then they've got to make sure that they take advantage of any slip up from Esfleet. Um, So they would have been disappointed yesterday. You know, even if they'd have got out with a point, they'd have felt disappointed. The fact that they didn't, you know, get a win to sort of close the gap. So the fact that Ebsfleet managed to hold on and get, I say hold on, they managed to get a point um, and, and haven't lost it in the circumstances they did. Um, right at the end, then um, obviously not a good not a good day for them. But uh, just a point on Welling, I mean, a, a really, really good performance for them. Um, I'm not surprised that they managed to, you know, make it a bit of a, a battle and a, a gritty performance because uh, Warren Feeney has brought in two really, really good central midfielders there. Um, obviously, you talked about Yasser Kassim was on the score sheet yesterday. Um, a really, really good player who should be playing higher. Um, and a player in Sam Cox, um, used to be at Hampton and Richmond, who, you know, in, in terms of going away from home and making it difficult for a team um, and trying to, you know, win those battles, then he's the exact sort of person you want in there. You know, he gets stuck in, he, he's a real good leader and uh, a really, really good result for Welling. I'll tell you what, Ben, now you look at Evsleets and haven't squads and uh, they won't look out of place in the National League, would they? No, they've got fantastic squads, haven't they? And um, yeah, look, I think, I think it, like, like Joe's just said there, you know, I think everyone probably feels the same. It's going to be out of them too, probably playing 
real different styles of football, but um, on their day, they've got the firepower, both teams to cause you all sorts of problems. So, um, yeah, be out of one of them too. And yeah, fantastic squads, good backup players if they've got any injuries or suspension and stuff like that. So um, I think they're the two standout teams in the league. Now on Saturday, you were at Clarence Park, weren't you? St Albans against Dartford. Dartford, it was up Drew in the end, despite taking the lead in the 19th minute through Jack Smith. And then that man, Sean Jeffers, got the equaliser in the 29th minute and it finished 1-1. How was the game? Yeah, it was good. Really good. Good atmosphere. Good crowd there was as well um, at the weekend. And um, though um, Dartford started the game really well, you know, they had Samir Carabas, who I know from, you come to Eastleigh for a little while, um, playing sort of in a, a front three to left, but just finding real pockets and they couldn't deal with him early doors St Albans and he was causing them all sorts of problems, set up the goal and it looked like they was going to go on and win comfortably. But fair play to St Albans, um, sort of like, look, like they've changed their style a little bit as well with playing out from the back and playing some good football as well. And um, yeah, every time I seem to watch St Albans, Jeffers seems to score. He's got a good knack of scoring goals. So um, yeah, it was it was a good game and it could have gone either way, truthfully. could have Either team could have won the game. Chelmsford in fourth, Rob. Don't worry, it's not just you who loses at Chelmsford. Everyone seems to be losing at Chelmsford at the minute. Hemel Hempstead, they were the latest team to fall victim there to the Clarets. It was a Simeon Jackson penalty and Charlie Ruff with the goals there. And uh, Chelmsford are flying. I know you saw them firsthand last week, Rob, and you were impressed with them. Yeah, I was impressed with Charlie Ruff as well. Um, he had no right to get up and head in at the far post. He's not the tallest of players, but his desire... Uh, was really obvious last week and um, Dave Winfield obviously has played a lot higher hasn't he League 1 League 2 um, and he's an absolute rock at the back and um, yeah I, I, I met the manager briefly after the game but obviously it was a lot there was a lot going on after last week's game but yeah very very impressed with, with Chelmsford and they've just quietly gone about their business when at the start of the season everyone was talking about all the problems off the pitch and now they're talking about the team on it and, and that's got to be a good thing Absolutely, yeah. Bath, they continue their good run of form. Cody Cook's penalty saw off Chesson. But Joe, Braintree, I mean, they've kind of come from nowhere, haven't they? They they won again on Saturday away at Eastbourne Borough. Barris Altintop, who signed from Kings Lynn in the summer, he's uh, he got the winner there. And I don't think anyone saw Braintree being up there, did they? No, well, I, I certainly didn't. Um, you know, they lost a lot of players in the summer, some really, really good players. Um, and they lost their manager as well, Maxwell, who did a really, really good job last season. Um, so I think everybody would have had them, you know, sort of down in the bottom half, but they've done really, really well. You know, the players that they've brought in um, have been good so far. You talk about out in top there, he's been part of a really strong defence. And I know I think they brought in John White as well, that used to be at Southend United, um, another sort of key player at the back for them. So, yeah, not many people would have expected them to be up there. But, you know, we, nobody has said that about Chelmsford either. So, yeah, they're, they're a really, really good start. Um, and they're just going to keep it going. Worthing, they drew 1-1 with Taunton. There's been a lot of noise around manager Martin Hinchelwood, hasn't there? A certain that's his, that's, I think that might be his dad. It's Adam. Oh, sorry, Mark. Yeah, of course. Oh, no, no, what, what was his dad? No, it is Adam. It is Adam. It is Adam. Adam Hinshelwood. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Martin's his yeah. dad. Yeah, I always call him Martin. Sorry, yeah. I'll do that again. <laughs> do you, is he somebody you know, Ben? Adam Hinshelwood? 
I, literally, we we crossed paths at um, Wickham. He was he was just leaving as I was joining. So I think he was coming back from injury, but um, obviously seeing the brought some, through some really good players were you know some boys that have gone on now to play in the, in the league and in the National League and stuff like that and he's yeah look, he's clearly doing a very good job you know I think they was you know to win the league last year or be there or thereabouts but to come up into the National South and in the round of playoff places aren't they he's doing a really good job so um, yeah credit to him yeah, He's been linked with a lot, of jo- a lot of jobs hasn't he Joe recently um, and he's somebody that he could make the step up couldn't he De- definitely. I mean, he's a good manager. I think I did a piece recently saying that that's who older shots should go for. You know, the, uh, I know Rob might have a, a view on that one, but, you know, the, the young players they bring through, I think the job that he does there, bringing through young players, I think it'd be an absolutely perfect fit. Um, and he's a, a really, really good manager. He gets them playing a really good brand of football. You know, they can pass through the lines and they can mix their game up. Um, so yeah, he's a really, really good manager. Obviously, got good connections in the youth game as well. Obviously, from his time at Brighton. Um, yeah, I mean, whilst I hope he stays there, um, you know, to sort of see through the project that he's he's doing at Worthing, I would find it very, very unlikely that uh, he'll be there for too much longer. Um, and he should be, and perhaps will be, managing at a higher level. Not that he shouldn't be interested in you as well, Ben. You know, just uh, just say <laughs> before. Don't worry about that. He's all good. He's doing a really good job. No, he is, and he, if he gets the opportunity to manage the national, it'll be deserved. It's good to see um, managers coming up through the league. So I always say that whenever national league managers go into the football league, I think it's really good as well. So um, yeah, fingers crossed for him in the future. A really surprising result, Joe Down at the bottom. Now Scotty Davies got on the score sheet for Slough, but he couldn't prevent. Was that Davies. a bigger surprise? Well, yeah, that, that, Scott, Scotty that, getting on the dust. <laughs> that's a bit, yes, yeah, that's a big surprise as well. But what was an even bigger surprise as Weymouth picking up a, a valuable three points away at Slough? Well, I think what we've come to realise on this podcast is it's not a surprise because I bat Slough to be up in the top three or four, and every time I come on, they've just lost. So. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not surprised they lost. Um, obviously, they, they came back into the game and they would have wanted to try and, you know, see that out. And then obviously to be a man down or the opposition to be a man down, they'd have thought, right, this is our chance, you know, come from two goals down at home. The other team's got 10 men. And then to concede in the manner they did right at the end. I know uh, their managers talked about, you know, all their games so far have been fine margins. Um, he said, um, you know, that's been key to their start and it would have been another fine margin yesterday. As for Weymouth, um, obviously Bobby Wilkinson is a good manager. He's been at this level before, done well with Wildstone, and he's brought in a couple of really, really good players. I'm not sure, without looking at the, the team sheet, whether or not Ben Gehring was playing yesterday, but I know he's one that they brought in that, you know, is into, if you're going to be in and around the bottom and you want someone to scrap and fight, he's the sort of person you want. Um, really, really good player. Um, and it's a finally a league win for Weymouth. Obviously, they've done really well in the Cup, um, but to get that, you know, monkey off their back and, and finally have a one next to the wing column will be uh, really, really good for, for Bobby Wilkinson. Now, Concord, they part company with manager Chris Search last week and they've appointed Rob Small. His first game was away at Hampton and Richmond Borough and it didn't go well for them. He lost by three goals to nil. Ben Schroll, Tommy Bott and Dean Inman on the score sheet there. And and Joe Concord, they've, pun- they've punched above the weight in recent seasons, haven't they? Do you think this is a season that they'll really struggle? 
Yeah, I mean, you would probably think so. You know, they perhaps don't have the biggest of budgets. And when you, you know, lose one or two players and, you know, have instability with that manager, it is difficult to keep getting results. And for them to keep avoiding relegation year after year, there is going to be that one year that perhaps they don't. Um, and that could be uh, this year. Um, as for Hampton, obviously, they, they lost in the week. Um, so they'd have been eager to bounce back. Um, Tommy Block, again, on the score sheet, he did really, really well. Um, in the week and also last Saturday and he he really impressed and uh, a goal for Stroll as well I think Rob who used to play for Aldershot I think uh, he's a, a good player so yeah a really good win for Hampton I think that might be three three defenders on the score sheet for them actually so um, yeah really really good signs for Hampton I think Stroll still is an Aldershot Town player Joe I think he's on loan at Hampton and Richmond uh, Tom will soon let me know if he listens to this and tells me different I mean, Hampton lost to Torquay. How could they do that, Joe, in midweek? Well, you know, all the best teams lose to Torquay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, but obviously, you know, McCann, um, listen to Gary McCann in the week, you know, he's really, really down. You know, he, he'd worked so hard to try and get that team into a position to, you know, get into the first round. And he, he sort of questioned himself saying, you know, it's, it's a really poor defeat. Perhaps I'm not up to it. But, you know, that's a really good result for them. Um, after the heartbreak of going out in the FA Cup to get back in the league, you know, 3-0 win at home. Um, that's exactly what he would have wanted to see. Ben, have you ever been in a position as a player or a manager where the draw for the next round has been done and you've got a really big tie staring at you, but you don't make it? Yeah, when I was at um, Eastleigh, we played, we had Bolton and we um, drew and we knew that if we uh, got through, we had Leeds in the next round. So, uh, and we lost the, the replay to Bolton, but that's probably one of the biggest ones, especially at Eastleigh. I think it was to get into the fourth round as well. I think it was, I'm trying to remember back. But um, mm. yeah, so it, it's always hard not to look ahead to the next one, especially for clubs, National League, South, North, Down, you know, you know about the financial rewards that come with it. And you actually... As a manager, I found that you're under real pressure in them games, more so sometimes in some league games, and you'd think it's a bit of a bonus. You know, it's just FA Cup, but um, the financial rewards that come with getting a maybe a TV game as well are huge for football clubs. So a couple of times I've been in that position, yeah. So Tombridge, they beat Chippenham by two goals to nil. A good win for them. Dulwich Hamlet, a, a vital win for them over Hungerford. Hungerford in the bottom four. Dulwich won by two goals to one. Nana Rawusu and Danny Mills on the score sheet. Nico Muir scoring a penalty for Hungerford. And then Dover, they drew 1-1 at home to Farnborough. Uh, finally, a win for Dulwich though, Joe. Yeah, you know, the, every season we say, are they, you know, are they going to be the team that sort of surprises everybody with the investment that they've made? And uh, they just keep letting us down. You know, we keep backing them and they keep letting us down. So they'll be hoping that they can turn it around. I, do, I don't think they've made a, a permanent appointment yet in terms of a manager. So, um, you know, interim manager, I can't remember what his name is, but they'll be pleased to get a, a 2-1 win. As for Hungerford, just a little word on them. Obviously, it's a really, really difficult season for Danny Robinson. Um, he knew it would have been um, because, you know, he lost so many good players. Sol Wanju, Smith, Ryan Seeger. Luke Kearney, you know, he's lost the whole string of his team. Um, and for a team that hasn't got the greatest of budget anyway, you know, to be able to replace quality players like that, it is tough. And uh, I'm not surprised they're struggling, but hopefully he can turn it around um, because he's done a really good job last season. Just a quick addition as well, um, Luke, just to 
to let the listeners know that I'll get a look at Farnborough up close and personal in a couple of weeks' time, because as we all know, all the shots are already out of the FA Cup. But I have been commissioned by BBC Surrey to go and cover the Sutton United against Farnborough game, um, uh, which will be on, what is it, the uh, 5th of November, isn't it, I think? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I can report in on uh, how Farnborough are doing uh, after that one. Absolutely. Well, Ben, uh, thanks for giving up your time and, and joining us today. No, thanks for having me on. It's been brilliant. Thanks for having me on, guys. That's oh, great. And hopefully, All the best. All, yeah, enjoy, the enjoy best. your job at Luton yeah. and hopefully you'll get a job. Or if you want a job in the National League, you'll get one soon or even higher Appreciate up it. and we'll, we'll see you managing. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot. Take Joe, care, Ben. Joe, hey, guys. Bye-bye. Oh, brilliant. Cheers, Ben. Rob and Joe, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me on again. Hopefully uh, I can have a, another win to talk about next time I'm on. Oh, you're being greedy now, Joe, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Can I just can I just echo those words? Hopefully I've got another win <laughs> yeah, to talk yeah. about as well. We've got two chances, haven't we? Because we've got a really full round of fixtures, haven't we? We're really into what we call the silly season now in terms of fixtures. It's Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for quite a lot of teams now. Um I'll be off to Yeovil in the week to catch Yeovil against Aldershot Town. And obviously Chris Hargreaves now, the microscope looks, you know, turns turns on him. He's having a difficult run. So don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at NL Full Time and it's NL Full Time on Instagram as well. Uh, enjoy your week of watching National League football. As, as we mentioned, there's a lot of games out there this week. So make sure you get yourself out there and we'll see you all very soon.